Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. You know, life can be such a grind at times, and so we're here sharing God's Word with you to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the host of the Grind It Podcast, the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grind It Podcast. Today we're going to finish up Hebrews chapter 1 and I'm not exactly sure what's going on uh, with the audience of the book of Hebrews, but evidently they were worshiping angels because that's what he's going to uh, spend the rest of his time in chapter 1 talking about. And he's he's already established the fact that uh, in these last days, is how he started off chapter 1, is that God has spoken to us through his son, and his son is Jesus and he is basically going to say, look, Jesus is better than the angels. Uh, now, I've, I've already done, uh, and I mentioned this in the last podcast, but I've already done a podcast on angels before and, and, and discussed angels in, in depth and, and what different types of angels there are and, and described how they looked according to God's word and, and, and things like that. And if you want to go back and find that, I'm not sure which episode it is. Um, but you're more than welcome to, to go back and, and listen to that episode of the Grind It podcast on the angels, or you know you can Google it and read stuff for yourself, and it's, it's pretty fascinating. Um, but angels exist; they still exist. Uh, they were created by God, and and the word angel means messenger. But evidently, like I said, there there was something going on in in with these the the audience of of this letter of the book of hebrews uh that they were really elevating angels uh to a higher standard or to a higher place if you will than jesus and he was saying he's trying to tell them look jesus is better and you need to be focusing on jesus and and not these angels um and here's the thing about angels we we may have even seen an angel and not even known him because in hebrews chapter 13 verse 2 he says don't forget to show hospitality to strangers for some who have done this have entertained angels without realizing it so it it could have been a homeless person that you met one day it it could have been a, a stranger that you didn't know standing in line at the grocery store that you had the conversation with or at the convenience store or wherever and 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 it could have been an angel. I mean, I I've, I could go back and tell tell you stories. I'm not going to, but uh, I, I've 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 had encounters like this before that have literally made me stop and think. Okay, was that an angel from God that I just helped or that I just talked with? Uh, maybe you've had those kind of stories. And if you if you do have those stories, I would love to hear those stories. So email them to me at thegrinditpodcast@gmail.com. And, and I may share some on the air with your permission, of course. So if you would like for me to, to read the, some of those in a podcast, I think it'd be pretty cool to hear the stories. Uh, just give me permission in that email, and I'll share the stories. But as cool as it is to you know to think about angels and, and, and how powerful they are and the things that they do, and, and, and the angels are literally mean, the word angel means messenger. Uh, so they were messengers of God. Um, the the Hebrew author says, "Hey, look, angels are cool, but Jesus 
is is way more awesome than the angels. Uh, here in chapter one, he establishes the deity of Jesus. That Jesus is God. He's a hundred percent God, even though he was a hundred percent man. And and then he's going to lay it on his audience. He says the sun radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God, and he sustains everything by the mighty power of his command. When he had cleansed us from our sins, he sat down at the, uh, in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. And this shows the Son is far greater than the angels, just as the name God gave him is greater than their name. So right off the bat, he's establishing the fact that Jesus is deity. He's sitting at the right hand of the Father after he died on the cross for our sins. And he says even his name is greater than any of the angels' names uh and and he says look jesus is just simply greater than the angels and then peter confirms this uh this what he had just said about jesus sitting at the right hand of the father uh, peter confirms this in his sermon on the day of pentecost in acts chapter 2 verses 22 through 40 so bear with me as i read this but just listen as what peter says on on the day of pentecost when he's preaching that first sermon he says people of israel listen you know, let me have your attention. Listen very carefully what I'm about to say. God publicly endorsed Jesus, the Nazarene. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Why, yes, they can, because Jesus came from Nazareth. God publicly endorsed Jesus, the Nazarene, by doing powerful miracles and wonders and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew that what would happen, and his prearranged plan, see, it was God's plan the whole time for Jesus to die on the cross. And so his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. Peter just smacking him in the face. But God released him and the horrors of death and raised him back to life, for, for death could not keep him in its grip. King David said this about him. I, see, so now he's, get, he's got the Jews' attention, and now he's going to use David, who they just placed upon a pedestal, uh, King David from the Old Testament, right? Uh, he says, King David said about him, I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life, and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself for he died and was buried. And he says his tomb is still here among us. You can go to David's tomb and visit his bones. He's still here. So he's not talking about himself. So who's he talking about? He's talking about Jesus. But he was a prophet, David. And Peter's saying that David was a prophet. And he knew God had promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. And see, remember, they were looking for a literal, physical person to literally sit on the throne of David. And Peter's establishing the fact that that David was talking about Jesus, and it's not an earthly throne, it's a spiritual throne. And he's saying, look, David was talking about Jesus, the one y'all crucified. And he says, David, verse 31, was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. And he was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven. Here it is, right? This is what the Hebrew author says. Here's Peter 
uh, on the day of Pentecost through the power of the Holy Spirit, preaching that first sermon, he says, Now he is exalted, Jesus is exalted to the place of the highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, as you see and hear today. For David himself never ascended into heaven, yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. So, Peter says, let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus whom you crucified to be both Lord and Messiah. And Peter's words pierced their heart and they said to him and the other apostles, Brothers, what do we got to do? How can we fix this? Peter replied, Each one of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. Turn to God. They've been servicing. They've been serving God for a long time in, in Judaism, right? They've been doing their rituals and 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 making their sacrifices and and saying their prayers to God. But Peter says, "No, you got to repent and turn to God, brothers." And what should we do? Peter replied, "Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promises to you, to your children." And those that are far away, that's us, we're those that are far away, 2,000 years later, all who have been called by the Lord our God. And then Peter continued preaching for a long time, strongly urging all of his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. What a message for us today even. Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So Jesus, so Peter has established the fact that Jesus, just like the Hebrew author said, has ascended to heaven, and he's sitting at the place of honor at the Father's right hand. Jesus himself says, All power and authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth, in Matthew chapter 28, 18. So then, Jesus is greater than the angels because he is sitting in the place of honor at God's throne. He is sitting at the Father's right hand. And, and here's what's really cool. There's actually a place in the Bible where we see Jesus not sitting, but standing at the Father's right hand. And that would be at the stoning of Stephen, who was the first martyr in Acts chapter 7, verses 50, uh, 54 through 57. It says the Jewish leaders were infuriated by Stephen's accusation, and they, took, uh, they, they shook their fists at him in rage. But Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed steadily into heaven and saw the glory of God, and he saw Jesus standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. And So, so Jesus has legs and feet. He has a body, and he stands up. And he's looking down at Stephen. And, and Stephen yells out, Look, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing in the place of honor at God's right hand. How cool is that? And then they, they stone him and kill him. So, no, it didn't end well for Stephen. But we have uh, uh, established that Jesus is deity. right? That's what the Hebrew author has started out with in chapter 1. And, and telling the Hebrew author has told his audience that Jesus is greater than the angels. Even his name is greater. He goes on to, or the author goes on to say, I don't know if it's he or she. We don't know who the author is. Uh, the author goes on to say, for God never said to any angel what he said to Jesus. You are my son. Today I have become your father. Jesus, I am your father. No, bad joke. But, he says, God's never said anything like this to an angel, 
when he said to Jesus, you're my son, and today I'll, I'll become your father. God also said, I will be his father, and he will be my son. And when he brought his supreme son into the world, God said, let all the angels, or let all of God's angels, worship him. Regarding the angels, he says, he sends out his angels like the winds, his servants like flames of fire. But to the son, he says, your throne, O God, endures forever and ever. You rule the scepter of justice. You love justice and hate evil. Therefore, O God, your God has anointed you, pouring out the oil of joy on you more than anyone else on anyone else. He also says to the Son, In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundation of the earth and made the heavens with your hands. They will perish, but you will remain forever. They will wear out like old clothing. And we see the earth wearing out on a daily basis. The creation groans. Uh, so all of you uh, green earth people and tree huggers and uh, God bless you. But uh, uh, this thing, you, you can try to save the planet all you want, but it, it's not happening. Matter of fact, Second Peter says that it's all going to burn up one day. It, it's just the way it's headed. That's the way God designed it. This is uh, uh, this stuff is perishing. We're perishing, um, and, and and we're going to fade away. Our life is nothing but a vapor. James says it's here for just a little while, and then it's gone. And then we go into eternity, where we'll be either with God in heaven, or we'll be with the devil in in hell. I mean, it's, it's our choice. Jesus has paid the price uh, for our sins on Calvary's cross. He's come out of the tomb victorious and resurrected. And he's sat at the Father's right hand and he's dishing out the Holy Spirit for those who uh, call on his name to be saved. And so you either have to make that decision. You Well, you do have to make that decision. You're either going to have to decide to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior or reject Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And and, and there's consequences to those those choices. And so going back to this, he says... He also says to the Son, In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundation of the earth, and he made the heavens with your hands. They will perish, but you remain forever. They will wear out like old clothing. You will fold them up like a cloak and discard them like old clothing. But you are always the same. You will live forever. And God never said to any of the angels, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. Therefore, angels are only servants. Spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. That is the responsibility of angels. They're only servants. They are spirits sent to care for people who will inherit salvation. And that's a very cool uh, verse there in chapter 1, verse 14. So the author of Hebrews makes a strong case to the people, his audience, to get their eyes off the angels and put their focus on Jesus because he is better and he is far greater than any angel. In fact, as I said earlier, Jesus was there in creation and he created the angels. He was there. He did it. And he, so he's greater. And there's actually two places in Scripture where God the Father declares that Jesus is his son. Um, and uh, when John baptizes Jesus, because this is what the Hebrew author uh, was saying that that Jesus is God's son and he's greater than the angels. And so when John is baptizing Jesus in the Jordan River, uh, John takes Jesus. He's like, hey, I should be baptized by you, dude. I mean, you're, you know, you are Jesus. You're the son of God. And, and Jesus says, no, this has got to be done. Uh, this is to fulfill all righteousness. In other words, it's kicking off my ministry and it's on from here. 
So you've got to baptize me. And so John takes Jesus into the Jordan River, baptizes him, not for the remission of sins, because Jesus never sinned, but it was as to kick off his ministry. And so John takes Jesus, baptizes him, buries him in that water, the Jordan River, and he comes up out of the water, and this is what happens. After his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were open, and he saw the Spirit, John did, he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on Jesus. And a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. That's Matthew 3, 16 and 17. And then, at the transfiguration of Jesus, when Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him, and he's he starts to glow and he's having this conversation with Moses and Elijah. Uh, in Matthew chapter 17, it says, Six days later, Jesus took Peter and two brothers, James and John, and led them up high on a mountain to be alone. And as the men watched, Jesus' appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. And suddenly Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus. And Peter exclaimed, Lord, it's wonderful for us to be here. If you want, I'll make three shelters as memorials. One for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. How cool of Peter to want to do that for Jesus and for Moses and Elijah. But even as he spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. The same thing that was said at Jesus' baptism. But this time... God adds something. He says, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. And the disciples were terrified and they fell face down on the ground. So, as we wrap up Hebrews chapter 1, what do we learn? What do we learn from chapter 1? Well, the first thing we learn is the deity of Jesus. That Jesus is... A hundred percent God. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. God literally put on flesh I mean, and, and dwelt among us. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you have seen the Father. I am the image of God. You, If you've seen me, you know all about the Father. And, and, and that can be overwhelming. Because if you think back to, to uh, Moses wanting to see God in all of his glory, and God says, no, you can't see all my glory because you, you would die in my presence. But I'll let you see my backside. And, and, and so now we have seen, literally have seen God because he put on flesh so that we can actually see him. John, John says in John 1.14, he says, we hung out with Jesus for three to three and a half years. We we sat at campfires with him and ate fish and and, and, and we uh, drink uh, the the wine or grape juice or whatever you know whatever it was. He, he said we had meals together. We saw him do all this cool stuff. We saw him touch people's lives. We saw him cast out demons. John says we literally could reach out and touch Jesus. We could shake his hand. So God has appeared in human form, and and and. That's what's so awesome about Jesus is because Jesus knows what it's like to be one of us. Even though he was 100% God, the second thing we learned was, was that Jesus was 100% human. The, the, we'll see in, later on in the book of Hebrews that 
Jesus, being human, he felt pain. He got hungry. He got thirsty. Uh, he he used the bathroom, even though you know the Bible doesn't say that anywhere. But he did because he was human. He had bodily functions. Uh, he was a hundred percent human. And John says Man, we could reach out and touch him. We could give him a hug. We like Mary did when she. Uh, uh, on the resurrection morning, she leaped at Jesus' feet and grabbed his legs and put his. And she was giving him a big old bear hug, and he says, "No, you know, don't cling, don't cling to me." But Jesus was a hundred percent human. That, that's why uh, John, I believe it's in John nineteen, when Jesus was hanging on the cross and he had died, he had taken his last breath. They pierced his side uh, with a spear, and out comes forth blood and water. And there was the Gnosticism would say that Jesus wasn't in, uh, in God in the flesh. But John says, no, he was 100% in the flesh. He was a human just like us because when they pierced his side, out came blood and water. And that's what a body is made out of. So we learned that Jesus is deity, that he is God. We learned that God put on flesh and he hung out with us as people. And He, therefore, he can relate to us. And we can relate to him because of Jesus. He was tempted in every way that we were tempted, and yet he never sinned. And that's why he was able to be the sacrifice for our sins. That's why he was able to be the sacrificial lamb, the Passover lamb, 1 Corinthians 5, 7. Because he never sinned, which is mind-blowing. Because if we're breathing, we're sinning. But Jesus never sinned and he was able to be that once and for all sacrifice but he can relate to us and we can relate to him because he's been there and done that he walked this earth as a man went through all those temptations and never sinned one time went through all those emotions he wrestles with the same emotions that we do and he never sinned so he is deity God put on flesh and he hung out with us as a human for 33 and a half years. Uh, then we learned what the Father is like because Jesus said to his disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He is the image, the exact image of the Father. So we can see the character of God in Jesus. And so we see what, what, what God is like when we look at Jesus. So we can understand God to some degree. I mean, he's holy, and, and, and so when you get into all that, it's really hard to comprehend. But when we look at Jesus, we see the character of God. And when we see Jesus, and we look at the life of Jesus, we see the love that God has for people, the compassion, the grace, the mercy, the long-suffering, all of these things. And that's how the Father is, because Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Because it's the Father working through me, doing all this stuff. I'm not doing this on my own. The Father's doing it through me. The fourth thing that we learned is that angels are really cool. But they're not as cool as Jesus. Jesus is awesome. He is greater than the angels because he sits at the Father's right hand in the place of honor. His name is greater than any names of any angel angels are cool but jesus 
is awesome. And the last thing that we learned is that there's coming a day when not only will we see the angels, and there's there's millions upon millions upon millions of angels because Jesus said when he was about to go to the cross, he said, look, I could call a legion of angels and rescue me. I can say no, but because of the love that I have for you, and I know that this is the only way that your sins can be forgiven, I, I'm... I'm doing this. I'm going to the cross and I'm going to die and I'm going to be resurrected. I'm going to go through this because once it's over, the, you're going to reap the greatest rewards you've ever uh, reaped. I mean, we we get to think about that. We get to enjoy the blessings while Jesus had to endure all the pain and suffering. We, we benefit from that. So why, why would anybody not want to give their life to Jesus? Because he willingly laid down his life. He willingly went through all that pain and agony. Hung on the cross for six hours before he took his last breath. And was placed in that tomb and resurrected on the third day. He did that for us. For you. And for me. And he said, I could have called a legion of angels to come and get me. But he didn't. And so we're, there, there's coming a day that we're going to see those angels. They're going to be all over the place. But not only are we going to, what's way more awesome than that is that we're going to see Jesus. We're going to see God the Father. We're going to see God the Holy Spirit in all their glory. And it's going to be so awesome. And, and I want to end the podcast like I ended the last one. Look, you're, you're, going to, you're going to see Jesus. Whether you choose to accept him as your Lord and Savior or not, when, when you take your last breath on this earth and you pass over into eternity, you will see Jesus. Either you're saved or you're not saved, but you're still going to see Jesus. You're, you're literally, the Bible says on more than one occasion that every knee will bow before Jesus and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. The only difference between a saved person and a lost person is the saved person, yes, we're both sinners, but we chose to accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We chose to have our sins washed by His blood and, and God's wrath has been appeased. And, and, and on that day when you bow before Jesus and you confess Him that He is Lord, if you've never made that decision here on the earth, He's going to look at you and say, but I don't even know you. We, we never had a relationship. So you, you, you can't be in my presence. And you're going to be cast into, a, into hell. For eternity, you're going to be with your little God, Satan, the devil, whatever you want to call him. For eternity, where the worm dies not. In other words, you're going to be in torture, in torment, where you're thinking about, I had all these chances to accept Jesus when I was, when I was alive, and I rejected him over and over and over again. And you're going to be in this place of torment, and you're going to be thinking all the time, I should have listened. I should have accepted I should have made him my Lord and Savior. And you're never going to have another opportunity. And you're going to be suffering in this torture, in this torment, forever, for eternity. So why not, before it's too late, bow the knee before Jesus, so to speak. Why not make him your Lord and Savior today? Why not let him wash you in his blood? Why not let him just embrace you with his love and his grace and his mercy, his compassion? Because that's what he's wanting to do. Why not 
be baptized for the remission of your sins and be filled with the Holy Spirit today. If you want to make that decision, I pray that you do, please email me at thegrindedpodcast at gmail.com. And if you're not local, you have questions about the Bible, I'll be glad to answer those questions. If you have questions about Jesus, I'll be glad to answer those questions. If you have questions about how to be saved, definitely will answer those questions. But if you're not local, I will find somebody in your area that can answer any question that you may have about Jesus, God, the Bible, whatever. But I will be glad to talk with you. And that is uh, Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening today. I can't wait to join you again next time when we start Hebrews chapter 2. I just pray that you have an awesome day and that you would keep grinding. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Grinded Podcast today. May God bless you. If you have any comments or questions, you can email them to us at thegrinditpodcast at gmail.com. If you would like Randy to come and speak at your church or your next event, you can contact him through that same email address. Also, I would like to thank Jody Foster's Army, also known as JFA, for their song, Abba, as we use for our intro and our outro off their untitled 1984 album. May God bless you, and remember, keep your eyes on Jesus and keep grinding.